Go to Psalm 112. As we continue tonight, what we began last week, Psalm 112. Continuamos esta noche el estudio que iniciamos la semana pasada, Salmo 112. I've been sharing with you eight promises uh, from this uh, passage of scripture, eight promises for 2018. And I pray that you will take God's word to heart tonight. Estamos viendo ocho promesas para el año 2018. Psalm 112, beginning at verse 1, verse 1. Praise the Lord. How blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright, he is gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment, for he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. He will not fear evil tidings, and his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld, and he will not fear, until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. And he is given freely to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever, and his horn will be exalted in honor. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're so glad to be in your house of prayer, and we believe tonight that you have heard our prayer as well as our worship. We ask now that we would have an ear to hear your voice, to hear your word. We are conscious of the fact that as your sheep, and as part of your family, that we have been given the right, the privilege to hear the voice of the shepherd. And tonight we pray that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our need, to our issues, to the things that are uh, necessary that we might hear and put in practice your word in our life. We ask this in Jesus' name. And the church said a great big amen. 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 Uh, we shared last week, I shared with you last week, beginning with this, eight promises uh, for the year 2018. And I, uh, we went through the first three verses last week. Uh, we spoke about the fact that the beginning of the passage is an instruction to praise the Lord. And I shared with you the great need to have a commitment, a desire, and a determination to praise God no matter what the circumstances may be. Uh, anybody in here ready to do that? You're going to have to go into this new year with your war face on. And uh, the way that we make war in the, in the spiritual world is through our praise and worship. As well as through our prayer and fasting. There has to be a, a mouthful of praise to God. And uh, praise is a powerful weapon because it invites the presence of God. Uh, it's also a powerful weapon because it confuses the enemy. When God's people begin to praise God, it confuses the devil. The devil thought he had you down, he had you discouraged, and then he hears you say, praise God, hallelujah, amen, thank you Jesus. He's, he's confused by that. He doesn't know what to make of that. And the fact is that your praise brings confusion into the camp of the enemy. And so I want to just begin tonight by reminding you there has to be in every one of us a lifestyle of praise to God. Uh, comenzamos la semana pasada diciendo que hay una instrucción aquí en la palabra del Señor de una instrucción para el año nuevo que es alaba a Dios y estar preparado a alabar a Dios en cualquier circunstancia de la vida. El año va a traer bastantes diferentes cosas. Tenemos que estar preparados que, o de, decididos que vamos a alabar a Dios en cualquier circunstancia de la vida. This coming year is going to bring a lot of things. Some things we are expecting, some things we're not expecting. Some things we're hoping for, some things you don't uh, plan for. But in all things, we have to remember the first instruction is praise the Lord. What's the first instruction? Praise the Lord. The church has to have a hallelujah. Did you hear me tonight? I said the church has to have a hallelujah. 
And in particular, this church, because I look around and I see blessed people. And blessed people have a reason to praise God. I see people that God has delivered, that God has brought you through. I see people who God has uh, in, encouraged in your hour of weakness and defeat. Come on, somebody. So you've got to have a hallelujah. If, if, um, even if God never did anything for us, the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But you've been doing a whole lot more than breathing this year. You didn't hear me. I said, you've been doing a whole lot more than breathing this year. This year, some of you have, have, been, uh, have been entering new ministries. You have been, some of you, getting new jobs. Some of you have gotten promotions. Some of you have started a new, uh, a new uh, part of your life. Some of you had babies this year. Some of you had, uh, had uh, a, a bought a new car. Some of you bought a new house. Some of you uh, have uh, found the Lord this year. Anybody find the Lord this year? Some of you found your, your calling this year. Guess what? We have a reason to praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And our praise is different than all the other praises because when a dog barks, it's praising the Lord. And when a cow moves, it's praising the Lord. And when a lion roars, it's praising the Lord, but they don't know what they're doing. You and I know what we're doing when we praise the Lord, when we open up our mouth and we declare praise to God. Now, we saw last week that God delights in blessing his people. Have you believed that yet? Vimos la semana pasada que Dios se deleita en bendecir a sus hijos. A lot of people think God is mad at them, that God is out to get them, that God is just waiting around the corner with a big stick looking for something wrong that you did so he can beat you down. That's not the God of the Bible. Right? The God of the Bible, the Bible said that he loves and he delights in blessing his children. And so we saw last week, that's the first blessing for this new year, is that we can walk in the blessing of God. Esta primer bendición, primer promesa, es que vamos a caminar bajo la bendición de Dios. Now we saw that the blessing of God follows obedience to God. Vimos que la bendición de Dios sigue la obediencia de Dios. So if you are obedient to God, you can expect the blessing of God on your life. Uh, si usted es obediente a Dios, usted puede esperar la bendición de Dios en su vida. The scripture tells us that the fear of the Lord, the, the uh, reverence to God, produces blessing in our life. El temer a Dios, el tener reverencia hacia Dios, produce bendición en nuestra vida. Hezekiah, the scripture says, he did what was good, upright, and faithful before the Lord. And the Lord did all... Um, the Lord blessed all that he undertook in the service of his house and made him prosper. How many of you want to prosper? Then guess what? You've got to do what God says to do. You've got to obey God. Tell your neighbor, obey God. Si usted quiere la bendición de Dios, la bendición de Dios sigue la obediencia. Tell your neighbor again, obey God. Now, there, there are a lot of times some things that we, a lot of things we obey God on, and then some little things we kind of don't, all right? But every area where you want God's blessing will require God, your obedience to God. Cada área de tu vida donde tú quieres la bendición de Dios va a requerir que usted le obedezca a Dios en esa área de su vida. If you want God to bless your relationships, you've got to honor him in your relationships. If you want God to bless your finances, you've got to honor him in your finances. If you want God to bless your health, you got to honor him in your health, right? Not quite so many tamales and tortillas and, and donuts, right? If you want God to bless those areas of your life, you've got to make him Lord in those areas of your life. God will not bless an area of your life where he's not Lord. You see, if, if we want our nation to be blessed, he's got to be blessed. He's got to be Lord of the nation. And if we want our city to be blessed, he's got to be Lord of the city. And if we want our church to be blessed, he has to be Lord of the church. And if you want your family to be blessed, he's got to be Lord of your family. And if you want your life to be blessed, guess what? He's got to be the Lord of your life. When you make him Lord, his blessings 
will follow into your life. Then we saw the blessing of God on your generations. Luego después vimos la siguiente bendición es la bendición de Dios sobre tus generaciones. And verse 2 tells us that your children will be mighty in the land and the generation of the upright will be blessed. And I shared with you that God will bless your children even when you're not able to bless them. God will bless them when you can't go with them. God will bless them when they leave the house. If you will, if you will uh, give them over to God and let God handle them and continually insist upon them that they obey God, they're going to see the blessing of God on their life. What a promise. The blessing or the generation of the upright will be blessed. And the descendants, their descendants will be mighty on the earth. I expect great things from the children that come out of this house. I expect great things from the young people that come out of this house because the blessing of God is on them. All right, you you gotta you gotta know this. The blessing of God is on them. They can't help but be blessed. If they'll do what God has told them to do, the blessing of God will be on them. So young people, you can't help but be blessed. I'm not getting any help tonight. If you will obey God, God will bless you. And you won't be able to uh, escape that blessing that he has promised for your life. Then we, uh, we began at verse 3. So tonight we're going we're gonna to come back to verse 3 and see this third promise for 2018. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. How many of you like that one? How many of you would like for wealth and riches to be in your house? And it says that um, righteousness endures forever. Now I want to break this down a little bit tonight. I read to you last week Psalm 68 verse 8. It says that God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widow is the God who lives in holiness and God gives a home to the forsaken and he leads the prisoner out of prison into prosperity and this is God's promise, God's blessing upon us that he leads prisoners out of their prison into prosperity. How many of you remember where God found you? You don't want to remember, right, Pastor? Don't bring that up. But you remember where you were when the Lord found you, and guess what? He hasn't left you there, but He's bringing you up and He's bringing you out. Cuando Dios te encontró, te encontró en un lugar bajo, te encontró en un lugar de derrota, te encontró en el pecado, te encontró ahí en el error, pero te sacó de ahí y te va a traer de la cárcel a la prosperidad. How many of you have seen God bless you since he brought you out? ¿Cuántos han visto a Dios bendecir su vida? It's not because you were so cool, so great, so awesome. When he found us, we were not much to look at. But he made something of you, didn't he? And he's making something of you still. Dios está haciendo algo de ti. Now, first thing I want you to notice tonight is it says that wealth and riches are in their house. Say that with me. In my house. Wealth and riches are in your house. Now, we've got to look at that because the Bible never promises for God to bless you in someone else's house. He promised to bless you in your house. If this is the house you worship in, guess where God wants to bless you? Say amen, somebody. I didn't go, or uh, I didn't go to dinner yet, so I can't say that. I was going to say I didn't go to dinner, but I haven't gone to dinner yet. You didn't go to dinner tonight in someone else's house, I don't think. You didn't show up at a random house and knock on the door and say, hey, I'm, I'm here for dinner. You go to dinner in your own house, don't you? God's blessing for you is in your own house. And I have to say this tonight because I think the Lord wants to point out to somebody tonight or some people tonight that his blessing is right where he planted you. His blessing is right where he, wants, where he put you. Sometimes we think the grass is greener on the other side. Sometimes we think, well, if I, could just, if I could just get over there where those people are, that I can have the blessing of God. God wants to bless you where he planted you. So don't, don't try to uproot yourself and go somewhere else. Stay put where God has the, the place that God has for you. Sit there a little while and watch God work. 
sometimes we get, sometimes we get impatient, waiting for God to do the thing that he, we're praying for and asking for and believing for. And impatience has cost a lot of people their blessing because they've gotten up and they moved to a place that God wasn't blessing. And they moved to a place where God wasn't moving. And like Naomi in the, in, the, in the Bible, in the book of Ruth, Naomi was in the house of bread, the place of blessing. She got up and went to Moab with her family because times were tough in Bethlehem. And you know, a lot of times when times get tough in Bethlehem, the temptation is to leave your home and go somewhere else. The temptation arises when, when times are rough in Bethlehem, when things are dry at home, uh, for that man to go find water somewhere else, or for that woman to go find some, uh, water somewhere else, or for those children to go find satisfaction somewhere else. Can I tell you, blessing is in your house. All right, you need to stay in your house because that's where God wants to bless you. Naomi, you know where Naomi found the blessing? She had to go back home. She had to go back to the place that God had uh, planted her. And tonight, I think this is important because in 2018, there might be the temptation to uproot yourself. It might be, uh, and, and you're going to have to apply this instruction to, the, to your own life because that's, that's you and the Holy Spirit right there. But let me just give you some examples. It may be a job that God has given you that, that something else might come up and the Lord said, no, I want to bless you here. It might be a, a decision that you have to make and you know that where you are is God's will and God's, God's provision for your life. But there might be a temptation to get up and go somewhere else. God is saying, watch out. Don't be too hasty in taking everything that comes your way because I want to bless you in your house. I want to bless you in the place that I have provided and that belongs to you. So guess what? God's going to bless you with your husband. And God's going to bless you with your wife. And God's going to bless you with your children. I'm not getting any help tonight. And God's going to bless you with what he has given you. And the blessing is there. It's for you. So it's a, um, uh, it's a safe place that God has provided for you. And, and there's another question you need to be asking yourself. You need to be asking, is this my house? Is where I'm at my house? Are my four walls here? So if you're not a member of this church, you need to ask yourself, is this my house? Is this where I'm being fed? Is this where I'm being planted? Is this where I'm growing? And if the answers are yes, you need to become a part of this church. All right, you need to say, this is my house. God's going to bless me in my house. And, and you need to be asking yourself, is, is this the job where I belong? Is this the school where I belong? Is this the house God has provided for me? Are these the walls that God has provided for my safety? And friend, if that relationship that you're in isn't the house God has for you, go to your house. If, if those things that you, that you know you're doing that aren't right, they're not prospering you, they're not blessing you, you need to get up and go to your house. You say, but pastor, it's a long-term deal. I've been there a long time. I don't care how long you've been there. God won't bless you in someone else's house. God wants to bless you in your house. He wants to bless you in the place that belongs to you. Now, if you're already in your house, stay there. And if you're not in your house, go home tonight. Get up and go to the place that God has provided. Is this too hard? Is it too hard? Look, if you've been living in sin in 2016 and 2017 and you think, I'm just going to keep it up in 2018, God is saying it's time to go home. It's time to go home and make it right and go to the house God built for you. Go to the house, go to the place, go to the, uh, the will of God, and that's a safe place for you. Now, the other point here is that the scripture says that wealth and riches are in your house. Now what does that tell me? That tells me that the miracle is already in my house. Listen, the miracle you're looking for is in your house. El milagro que usted está buscando ya está en su casa. Tell, tell your neighbor, there's a miracle in my house. Now listen, if you're in the wrong house, you ain't going to find your miracle there. There's a miracle where? In my house. Now listen, the Bible talks about a, a uh, prophet, his name was Elijah, 
There was a famine in the land. There was not a whole lot of food. And uh, the Lord sent him to a little village called Zarephath to be sustained by a widow. And when he got to the widow's house, he knew God had called that widow to sustain him. That meant she was going to feed him throughout the drought. Imagine this. God sends a broke prophet to a broke widow to provide for him. And he gets there and he asks her a question. And that question is the question God is always asking us. What do you have in your house? She says, well, I have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. I'm going to make a cake and I'm going to eat it. My son and I are going to eat it and then we're going to die. So she was making her plans to die. She was saying, this is my last meal. But God was telling her that meal is actually the miracle you're waiting for. The last thing you have, that thing you think is insignificant, is what God is going to use to provide for you, not just for uh, one meal, but for all the meals for the rest of the famine. And when she put what she had in God's hand, that's a seed, right? She put what she had into God's hands. God provided for her and her son and Elijah for the rest of the famine. You go a few pages more. There's another widow. This widow is deep into debt. Her husband died and left her in lots of debt. And the prophet, now Elisha, says to her same question, what is in your house? She says, well, all I have in my house is a little vial of oil. He said, well, go to all of your neighbors and borrow vessels. Go and borrow uh, clay pots and, and uh, bring them into your house. And so she went and borrowed vessels. And the scripture says he told her, borrow not a few, get a whole bunch of them. And so she started bringing in jars, her and her sons. I imagine they brought some big jars, little jars, tall jars, short jars. And they took that little vial of oil and started pouring it in to one jar and then into another. And all of these jars started to be filled with that little vial of oil that she had in her house. Why? Because her miracle was in her house. Listen, she didn't have to go outside of her house to go find a miracle. What, what she needed had already been provided by God. Then we read about uh, in, the, in the Gospels, a little boy comes to Jesus to, with five loaves and two fish. Remember that? And with that, Jesus fed an entire multitude of 5,000. What am I telling you? I'm telling you tonight that God is asking you a simple question for the next year. What do you have in your house? What is that in your house? Have you done a careful inventory of what is in your house that can bring the wealth and prosperity of God into your life? What is it that you can sow? What is the seed that God has put within your hands? And, and maybe you're thinking it's just a little vial of oil. Maybe you're thinking it's just a little bit of something, but when you put that little thing into God's hands, God will bring a blessing and bring miracles into your life. Come on, you've you got to stay with me tonight. All right, because you've got to ask yourself some questions. What do I have in my house? Do you have some debt in, you, in your life? Do you have some financial things you need to uh, take care of? I bet you there's some things in your house that if you sold them, would pay off some of those things. It's getting quiet in here now. This pastor's telling me to have a garage sale. You already have it right there in your house. You say, Pastor, all I have is this husband. That husband is your miracle. You say, Pastor, all I have are these kids. Guess what? What's in your house is enough to get the job done. Are you listening? You know, this church, God is going to take this church to incredible levels. He's going to do some extraordinary things, and, and we're going to see him build a new facility for this church. But guess what? The miracle is already in our house. Did you hear me? I said the miracle's already in our house. You don't, we don't need, oh, if we just had that preacher from over there. If we just had those, that band from over there. If we just had that usher corps from over there. If we just had the church members from over there. No, the miracle is already in the house. Come on, somebody. God is already provided. You got to ask yourself this question. What do I have in my house? Listen. Next year when you get into a, a tight spot, when you're wondering, what am I going to do? Start asking, what are my options? 
God is always going to leave you with an option. Sometimes it's not the thing you think. Sometimes it's not the thing you, you thought about. But it might just be, it might be a contact, someone you know. That you can call and ask for help and get the help you need. It might be a, a, uh, an idea that God gives you. It might be something that you wrote or something that you did uh, it might, or created. It might be something that, that you have hidden in a, in a closet somewhere that is a value that you haven't even thought about. It might be that you just, that you just need to start showing more love to the people that are around you. What it is that's going to help you into, uh, to break through is already within you. God would not require something of you that he didn't put in you. Listen, God wouldn't require something of you that he didn't put in you. And you know what I think? If, if, we're, if we just narrow it down to finances for a minute, every person in here, just about probably all of your households, have uh, make or receive enough finances every month to get by. But the problem is, most of the time, we don't handle well what we have in our house. And improper administration of what God provides makes us ask for miracles on a constant basis. Listen, you've got to decide, I'm going to budget what God provides. I'm going to administer what God provides. If there's waste, I'm going to eliminate waste. Stop the leaks. Repair the leaks so that you can keep more of what God has already provided. And when you've done that, when you have, when you have stopped the leaks and you've, you've cut back the waste, and you say, you know what, maybe we don't eat, need to eat out this many times a Week and maybe we don't need this much. Uh, we don't need to pay for cable, or maybe you say, "Wait, we don't need to. We don't need to drive um, uh, all the way to Sinton for lunch after church." You know, I don't know what I don't know what ideas God might give you, but you say, "Look, we're, we're, we gotta we gotta cut some things out because they are creating lack in our life." And when you've done that, you gotta also make sure that you perpetuate the the seed that you're sowing in your life. So that while you are receiving, you're also giving. You're also planning. So there's a constant flow of giving and receiving going on in your life. And as you do that, you're going to start to see that when you do, you do without some things that, don't really, that you don't really need, you can now afford some of the things that you really want. And you can really now afford to do some of the things with your family that you hadn't uh, been able to do before. But there's got to be a discipline. In the body of Christ, it says, we're going to do well with what we've got. We're going to manage well what we have so that we can get to the next level of uh, God's blessing for our life. Then another thing is that you just have to live below your means. You can't spend $100 if all you have is 90 You know, America is living always, every day, above its means. We call it credit. Uh-oh. Pastor's getting technical now. You know that if you live your life on credit, you are robbing yourself. If you discipline yourself to say, I, if I make this much, this is, I'm going to use less than I make and save part of that. That discipline that you and I enter into is a biblical principle. And when God sees you doing those things, he sees you budgeting your money, handling your finances, cutting the waste, stopping the leaks. He sees you sowing seed. He sees you tithing. He sees you being wise. Then guess what? The tap gets open in your finances because there is a trust factor now. God says, I can give to this person because they know how to handle it. They know how to handle it. Most Americans today, if they were given double what they make, would still be broke next month. Because they don't know how to handle what's in their house. Now, it's getting real quiet in here. But you have to understand this principle. Because the scripture says it. Wealth and prosperity are in your house. They're already there. God has already put the means for you to be able to accomplish the things financially that he wants to bring into your life. So I can tell you're getting nervous on me, so I'm going to move on. All right, I'm just going to pray for you tonight. All right, just say, Lord, help him, Jesus. Help him, Jesus, make a budget next year. How many of you would like to give more? How many of you would like to tithe more? Well, guess what? We have to... We have to be more disciplined about how we handle our money. 
We have to be more disciplined about how we handle God's resources that he brings into our life. And when we do that, we're going to see the full financial blessing of God on our life. You're not saying amen tonight. All right. Now, if I, if I was saying, if, if I was saying that, that diamonds are going to fall on your head this year, you would be on your feet shouting. If I was saying you're going to get double for your trouble, you'd be shouting me down right now. But I said make a budget. It's like, Pastor's not anointed tonight. I'm just not feeling it tonight. All right. I ruffled your feathers enough. Look at the next verse. It says, light arises in darkness for the upright. His grace, he is gracious and compassionate and righteous. Now, this is the fourth promise and the fourth blessing that God has for you in 2018. And it is the blessing of light. When you read in the Bible about light, you're reading about revelation. All right, light is insight. It's illumination. It's God showing you something that you didn't know, something that you didn't uh, have access to on your own. Every one of us needs God's light in our life. We need God to show us things, to tell us things that we don't know on our own. And this is a promise, one of the greatest promises to me in all of the Bible is the promise of revelation. Look at uh, what the scripture says. The scripture says this in Jeremiah chapter 11 verse 18. However the Lord made it known to me and I knew it, then thou, then I, uh, thou didst show me their deeds. Jeremiah the prophet is talking about how God allowed him to uncover a malicious plot against him because the Lord made it known to him. Here's what I'm praying for in this coming year, that God will give you insight and revelation, that he will make some things known to you, that he will pull back the curtain and let you see some things and show you some things that you hadn't seen before. And revelation from God is really the voice of God in your life. It's God telling you what his will is for your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 says, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. God is telling you, I am going to bless you by telling you what Satan is up to. So you can pray against it and, and be ready to stand in the day of trouble. Come on, somebody. Wouldn't you rather know than not know? God is saying, I'm going to give you insight. I'm going to give you light and revelation. Now, the other, the other term here that's used is the word daybreak. God says, I'm going to bring daybreak into your life. I'm going to bring a sunrise into your life. That's encouraging to me. Because some of you are, have been living in a long night. You've been going through some things that you feel like, I don't know when I'm going to get out of this trouble that I'm in. I don't know when I'm going to get out of the night that I'm in. It seems like the night just goes on forever. It seems like darkness just continues to perpetually uh, cover my life. Can I tell you, God is saying, I'm going to bring a daybreak into your life. I'm going to end the night. I'm going to bring a season of relief. Come on, somebody. Joy may endure for a night, but, uh, pardon my, um, uh, the sorrow may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the daybreak. And God says, I'm going to bring light. I'm going to bring revelation and insight into your life. Now, here's the key to revelation. You guys want to know what the key is to revelation? Revelation comes through inquiry. Say that with me. Revelation comes through inquiry. Uh, let, let me just make it simple for you. There's a whole lot of things that you need to know for this coming year. Say amen, somebody. You're scaring me tonight. You're scaring me, really. You're scaring me. Because I, I don't want you to just walk into 2018 saying, well, whatever happens, happens. Just walking through the, the daisies, right? Just It's a new year. It's a new day. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to wake up the first day of the new year and just go through life like you did this year. I want you to wake up and take that year by storm. I want you to wake up and say, this is my year. This is the year that I'm going to see God do the things that I never thought could happen. 
This year I'm gonna I'm gonna prosper. This year my family's gonna be blessed. This year we're gonna we're gonna get over those same old same old things we've been fighting with, and we're gonna have some victory. I want you to wake up and know there's a plan. So guess what? In order to be successful, you got there are some things you just don't know that you need to know. We need revelation. Have you ever said to yourself, if I had only known? If I only knew. Well, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> All right? You can avoid that by inquiring of the Lord. You've got, you and I have just a few days left in 2017. I would, I would challenge you to spend the next all the days left of this year, inquiring of the Lord about next year. Saying, Lord, how do I prepare for next year? What decisions do I need to prepare for? What, what choices am I going to have to make? Who am I going to have to, uh, what relationship am I going to have to let out of my life? What relationship am I going to have to let into my life? What are the decisions that you are going to have me make? And God will give us that because you see, uh, inquiring of the Lord is the key to revelation. God is like an eager teacher waiting for you to ask questions. Sometimes when I'm in the Bible school, I teach a really deep, profound concept. And then I ask the students, any questions? No? Y'all understand it? It's scary. It, it, the, the teacher wants to, you to ask. The teacher wants you to say, you know what, I didn't understand this part. What did that mean? Why did you say that? How do I apply this to that? And God wants us to ask. The Holy Spirit is a teacher, and he wants us to ask. And he wants us to come to him and say, Lord, what is it I need to do to prepare? What is it I need to do? What are the fields you want me to possess this year? What are the things you want me to accomplish this year so that I can focus on those things and not spend my time going all over the place trying to figure out where I'm headed? You can inquire of the Lord. Look at what the psalmist says. He says, one thing I have asked of the Lord, and that will I seek that I may be daily in his temple, in his, in his house and inquire at his temple. David saying, I want to inquire of God. I want to learn from God. Jesus put it simpler. He said, ask. Ask. And it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. That's the key to revelation. You want to know? Ask. You want to understand? Ask. Become an inquirer. Become an inquisitive Christian that is constantly going before the Lord and being taught by the Holy Spirit. Friend, some of you need to mature, and that's where maturity comes, when you start to ask God questions and ask God to teach you and you in, invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life. So I want you to take this key of inquiry and do the very thing that Jesus said do. He said ask. Another part of the scripture says you have not because you ask not. So does God want you to go through this new year ignorant? No. He wants us to know. He wants us to ask. That's the promise here. He says, light arises in darkness for the upright. God says, I'm going to give you illumination. I'm going to give you insight so that you can have my light in your darkness. And then another thing here, there's this, this word light reflects or represents the smile of God. When you read about light in the scripture, you're reading about God's smile. You know God is smiling on you. He is smiling over you. And when I pray the blessing over you every week at church, I say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, may God smile on you this week. Because guess what? If God is smiling on you, if God has given you his favor, then things are going to happen in your life that you couldn't make happen on your own. 
Doors are going to open that need to open, and doors are going to close that need to be closed. When God is smiling on you, when God's face is shining upon you, you have the glow and the glory of heaven on your life. So this blessing, this promise is important for us because it reminds us that God wants us to walk daily in the knowledge of his will. That God is not hiding his will from us. That God is not hiding revelation from us. In fact, the scripture says this in the book of Deuteronomy, that the, the secret things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to us and to our children forever. Think about that. God said there are some things I'm going to keep secret. Some things you'll never understand. Some things you'll never know. But what I have revealed in my word, that is all yours. And I want you to go and devour it and take it in and digest it into your faith life because that revelation is going to give you power, it's going to give you strength, it's going to give you wisdom, and it's going to give you the ability to succeed in life. Say amen, somebody. Now verse 5 here quickly. It is well with that man who is gracious and lends... He will maintain his cause in judgment. Just briefly, I'll mention here the promise that God will be your advocate. God will be your advocate. Maybe you don't understand or recognize the word advocate. God will be your defense. God will argue your cause. Isn't that a blessing? God says, I'm going to be your defense. I'm going to bring I'm going to bring justice and, and I'm going to advocate for you. When, when the voice of the enemy and the voice of, of the liar rises up against you, I'll rise up and I'll settle the case. I don't know if there's anybody in here that needs God to stand up for them, but God says, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to argue for you. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your defense attorney. Come on, somebody. God says, I'm going to show up in your life and be your advocate. So that when the accuser comes to say, look at Isaac, he's a sinner. God says, I don't see sin, I see the red blood of Jesus that has washed him and made him clean. Come on somebody, that, that Jesus is your advocate. He stands in your defense. And he stands to make your defense against every challenge and every strategy of the enemy. The book of Romans says, who can bring any charges against God's elect? You say, Pastor, the county is bringing charges on me right now. Well, <laughs> it's not an altar call, okay? It's not an altar call. We'll pray for that later. But God says, no one will be able to accuse you to me. Because I'm going to be your defense. I'm going to be your advocate. Come on, that's exciting, isn't it? Jesus is your defense. He's your advocate. And then verse 6, it reads, For he will never be shaken, and the righteous will, remember, will be remembered forever. Look at verse 6. This promise is beautiful to me because this is the promise that God will bless you with endurance. How many of you can look at your life, maybe just look at this last year, and say, Pastor, it's a miracle I'm even here right now. It's a miracle I haven't given up. Guess what? That's a blessing. That God says, I'm going to make you endure. I'm going to give you the strength. When you are whipped, when you think you're done, when you think you're down, God says, I'm going to give you the strength to get up again. To rise up again, to come to to come to our uh, to come to that moment with strength again. God says, "I'm going to give you the blessing of endurance." Look, surely the righteous will what never be shaken. Say that never shaken. God says, "I'm going to give you the grace to endure." Listen, I can't tell you that no storms are coming in 2018. I can't tell you that next year is going to be peaches, that it's not going to be any problems, that there aren't going to be any challenges, there aren't going to be any hills to climb, there aren't going to be any valleys to go through. I can't tell you that. What I can tell you is that you will not be shaken. God says, I will, be, I will not allow you to be moved. I'm going to cause you to stand firm. 
to endure to the end. And just like he's brought you through every storm and every trial and every test till now, he's going to bring you through every storm and every trial and every test that's coming. And someday, listen, church, someday it, it may not be 2018, but someday the whole body, the whole church, all the saints of the ages, we're going to stand before the eternal throne of God and we're going to sing praises to him and we're going to say, look how he made me endure. Look how he made me stand that when I was tested and tempted and tried and I was broken and sick and diseased and confused, he held me up. He upheld me by his strong and mighty arm. Come on, that's a blessing. God says, I will cause you to endure. You will never be shaken. Scripture says that a blessed man will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That tree whose roots are firm, it will not be moved. Don't let anything move you. Did you hear me? I said, don't let anything move you. You've got to sing like we used to sing in the old, the old church. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. You know, the storms will come, but you don't have to be moved by the storms. Look, look at this promise. For I will never, for he will never be shaken, and the righteous will be remembered forever, and he will not fear when bad news comes. He will not fear when bad news comes, and his heart will be steadfast, trusting in God, and his heart will be upheld, and he will not fear. Until he looks with his eyes and he sees the satisfaction or the recompense of his enemies. God says, I'm going to let you live long enough to see your enemies defeated. I'm going to let you see the victory that you only dreamed about. The thing you thought maybe someday God will bring into my life. And then there's the final blessing there in verse 9. And it says that he will give you his honor. He will give you honor. He will honor the righteous. Listen, friend, the Bible said that humility comes before honor. And when God honors a man, when God honors a woman, it's because they've humbled themselves before him and said, God, I can't. You can. On my own, I'm unable. I need your grace. I need your strength. I need your power in my life. And God honors that man. He honors that woman. He smiles upon them. And that means he's favored you. This year, God says, I want to give you my favor. Walk in it. Walk in that favor of God that causes you to be steadfast. To be steadfast in every place. Listen, Proverbs 15, verse 33, as I close. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn or their authority will be lifted up in honor. For the fear of the Lord is instruction for wisdom. And before honor comes humility. Listen, basically let me just say like this. What do I mean when I say God will honor you? When God will give you his favor? I mean that God will do what he said he would do. That God will keep an account of the good that you do and he will bring it back over your life and the seed that you've sown he'll honor it come on somebody the seed you've sown he'll honor it would you stand with me tonight I don't know about you but I've made up my mind these blessings belong to me these blessings belong to me and what I want us to do tonight is I want us to begin Asking God, begin inquiring of the Lord. Would you just make that commitment tonight and say, Lord, I want the next few days of this year for you to teach me, to prepare me, to shape me. Because I want to go into next year powerful. I want to go into next year fighting. I want to go into next year with a plan for how I'm going to possess the land that you have promised me. All over this room, just lift your hands. Just begin inquiring of the Lord. Open your mouth and just begin to inquire of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ask of me, he says. Ask and it shall be given. 
Seek and you will find. Lord, tonight we pray for wisdom. We pray for insight. We want to be able to possess the things that you have promised us. Father, I pray for wisdom for people that they might know that the blessing of God is in their house. That they don't have to go and look for someone else, for something else, that you've already provided it. I pray for wisdom, God, if there's someone in the wrong house tonight, someone who's in, the, in a place that you won't bless, in a relationship that you won't bless. God, I pray that they will make up their mind, I'm going to go and do this God's way. I've got to have your blessing on my life. Give us wisdom and insight. Give us light and understanding. Give us direction, oh God. We want to be the people that you delight in, that you delight to bless. Father, I pray for the light of the revelation of the word of God to come and to bring insight and understanding, ideas that will prosper your people. Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would give us the wisdom of heaven. Give us an inquiring spirit that we might be before you daily saying, Lord, I want to know. I want to understand. I want to know you. I want to follow you and obey you all the days of my life. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength this year to possess the land which you have promised us. Lord, that everything that you have given to us, everything that belongs to us in this year, Lord, that we would be able to possess it. I pray that the next few days of this year, of 2017, that those things which we have still not obtained, that you promised to us, that they would come swiftly to our hands, that we might do your work and your will, and that we might be glorifying to you in all that we do. Father, I pray for financial wisdom for your people. I pray that you would give them wisdom in how they administer the resources which you have bring, brought to them. That they might be resourceful. That they might be wise. And that they might receive with their hands with a seed, the harvest for the seed that they have sown. We ask these things, O oh God, in Jesus' name tonight. Because we know that you hear us when we pray. If you want prayer tonight, would you come as the elders come forward? If you want prayer tonight, if you need prayer, would you come? We want to pray with you for just a few moments.